Shut up! It's the first rule! Welcome to the First Rule Film Club. I'm Alex. I'm Eddie. I'm Hannah. Join us each week for our conjecture around a film that we have all seen. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that's decent. Yeah, perfect. Professional intro. Yeah. If you just do, can you cut out all the pauses? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So what what film were we watching this week? This week we have watched Kill Bill Part 1. So we will be discussing spoilers. So if you haven't watched Kill Bill, uh, you need to either turn off this episode right now or pause it, watch it and then unpause. Mm. Because we will be discussing spoilers. Or get outraged with us and come after yeah. us for your revenge. Yeah. Oh. Oh. It's actually quite a thing. So who had seen it before then? Oh, I've seen it about 50 times. But... I think I'd seen it once. I had never seen it before this. Mm. So we're in different levels on our sort of Kill Bill journey. Mm. Uh, and you still haven't seen number two yet, which we're going to do in a couple of weeks' time, so... We're not going to discuss any kind of spoilers to do with Kill Bill 2, so don't worry if you haven't seen that one yet. Mm, I'm um, worried. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved Kill Bill 1. I thought it was fantastic. It was better than I remembered, actually. I think it used to be my favourite one. I think when I was a teenager, like, I loved it just because I loved the style and I loved the violence and I loved just like, you know, the cool kind of like quips and stuff. And it's just like everything about it is just so extreme. Mm. Like, from start to finish, like, there's, like, I think there's one scene which is kind of fairly calm in the whole film, and the rest is, like, pretty, like, you know... Is that the one where she's getting the sword? Yeah. That, for me, is the, the one bit in the film where you kind of take, like, a little bit of a breath. Yeah, because that whole chapter, I was like, okay, when's she going to, like, kill someone? <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. But you didn't enjoy the Japanese lesson? No, like, I enjoyed it, but, the, like, I was so in John Wick mode, where, like, yeah. I was expecting, like, one death per minute kind of thing. Yeah, I think, for me, that's the one bit of the film I'm not a huge fan of. Like, I, I love the film, and it's one of my favourites of all time. And I think you do need there to be a slow bit in that bit of the film, because just before that, you've had the hospital scene, which is pretty grim and pretty heavy going mm. then you've had that uh, anime bit with people getting like heads blown off and mm. blood gushing out of people's chest that bit was sick shots of bullets flying through the hemispheres of someone's skull and stuff. so it's like you know you can see why he wanted to put in a bit of a slow scene mm. but I think it's maybe a little bit too slow. I, I really like yeah. that bit well that's fair enough then. I don't maybe. know I just yeah. think it's nice that mm. it's like because we were talking about this earlier about how it takes her so much. It feels like it takes her so much effort to kill Oren, compared to Vanita Green at the beginning. Mm. But actually, the part of the faff of killing Oren is the preparation in advance for it, and like that shows the respect that she has for Oren. That she doesn't just show up and kind of try to kill her straight away, mm. but she takes the time to try and prepare properly and like get the good sword and everything. Yeah. I love the audacity of you know the second person. You could, oh well chronologically the first person she fights would just turn up at the front door ring the doorbell and just punching her straight in the face yeah. <laughs> no stealth mode yeah, no, no stealth no sneaking yeah. up just straight in there. it's a really strong opener yeah. I think the whole film actually does like it just flows really well I think even the like that one chapter scene where she's getting the sword made and it slows down a lot mm. uh, although it wasn't my favourite part of the film I respected that it needed to be there because immediately after that she kills like the 88 yeah. people in the room yeah mm. and that's pretty that's like you pretty know, quick that's like 15 minutes I want to say of literally just action yeah, I'd say more yeah. yeah of literally just like blood gushing out of like and there has like... to be some sort of explanation about why she's able to kill all these people so adeptly mm. like if she has a really good sword and she also has the assassin training then it's mm. believable that she manages to kill 
88 yeah. plus well, people. Super believable. I, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if I say it's believable. Like it's. I mean, the, the thing is, the whole film's been so stylized up to that point that you're not like, oh, it's not realistic. You just accept that you're in this world. You're in this kind of like action movie world, and it mm. knows that it's that. Mm. One thing, the reason I really wanted to watch this is because I'm a huge fan of Quentin Tarantino's movies, mm. but. I was disappointed that... I mean, I kind of expected that early on in his career he wouldn't do so much dialogue. Mm. And I imagined that that was just a film that he really wanted to make. Because you got... Like, there was a real feeling that he'd watched a lot of samurai movies, like, old-timey, like, the classics, the legendary films, and then had decided that he really wanted to bring it back in a modern way. Mm. Uh, But I wished that it was a bit more, like, you know... I almost feel like Django is my perfect... Uh, balance of like where the characters have amazing dialogue and you know are well set up and stuff I feel like his action was on point yeah Uh, if a little bit like kind of juvenile like it was a little bit like at the beginning of his career like he was so focused on being Quentin Tarantino Mm. and stamping his like lots of blood mark on everything yeah that maybe it's like a little bit too far for me it's the sort of thing where if you like it you like it if you don't if you don't really like gratuitous violence and you're not on board with it you then you i think you'll hate this film mm. in this film you get to a point where you just <laughs> want to see another head come off and just blood like spew out of it and you, you shouldn't be like that you shouldn't be like at that yeah point. but it's on a level that is like you know you could watch it with your grandma in a funny way because it's so gratuitous mm. that it becomes its own comedy like yeah it's, it's, it's almost less scary than those films where like they have extreme moments of violence, mm. but you know that it, you know, it's kind of based in realism. The weird thing is actually with Tarantino, because all his films take place in the same fictional universe, and mm. sometimes there's like little like you know references to characters in other films. Mm. But the different thing about Kill Bill is within his universe, it's a film within the Tarantino universe. Really? So it's a film that other Tarantino characters could like buy as a DVD. Oh, that's uh, so it's a film within the film. And is that why the blood is so unrealistic because it's kind of like supposed to be a kind of a a film within a film sort of thing because in Pulp Fiction Uma Thurman's character talks about a a TV pilot that she did called Fox Force 5 (laughs) about five female assassins who kind of travel the world and kill people but that doesn't get picked up but that's kind of a sort of um, kind of a a reference to this basically did you make Pulp Fiction after Kill Bill Pulp Fiction came before this she said that her assassin was a master of knives and obviously in Kill Bill she, you know, she's amazing she kills the first mm. person with a knife and second person with a sword which is kind of a long knife so I think that's kind of like a, a little reference to that which I quite like mm. but um, but yeah this is definitely the most like like you said like the most Tarantino-y Tarantino I think the most stylized because he's like yeah. it's like even within his fictitious world this is an, another layer of like it feels like it's not a film he could have made off the bat though because no. it's so outside the box sometimes yeah. no. you know like the way For me, the non-linear story thing was a bit of a stumbling block. I actually felt Mm. like that was not completely necessary. Mm. I felt like he he tries to justify it at the end. There's that line where it's like, he's like, oh, revenge is never a straight line. It's like going through a forest and you forget (laughs) where you came in. So I think that's him trying to justify why he made it. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't like a major issue for me. But then at the same time, it's just another outside-the-box thing where you feel Mm. like someone has taken the reins off this man. It feels a little (laughs) bit like it's non-linear for the sake of it a little bit and yeah. again, again like you I don't really have a problem with that like it just but for the story just, she kind of needs it to be non-linear because she doesn't know how to find any of the other people until she's found the most high profile one first yeah. and obviously you want the ending battle scene to be with the high profile one because that's mm-hmm. going to be more epic that's yeah. true I like as well because a lot of these revenge films because there's a lot of films like this where they've got a list of five people they need to kill 
they go through them one by one. Each person is kind of the same thing, just like again. So I like that in Kill Bill 1 too, it's not, there's no encounter which is similar to any of those. It, it never feels like, oh, okay, we've got to do number one, now we've got to kill number two, now we've got to kill number three. It, I don't think, it, for me, it never feels like that. You never feel like you're just kind of going through a list, basically. Mm. Whereas a lot of these revenge films, I think, sometimes fall into that. I got a kind of Scott Pilgrim feeling when I was watching mm. the film mm. in a funny way. Yeah. Where, like, you know, there's such a style running through the film and, you know, the whole anime sequence was such, like, took me by surprise so much yeah. that, uh, like, I was kind of just sat there, like, enjoying the fact that I had no clue what was going to happen, <laughs> you know, because there's such a joy to being so, like, let go from reality mm. that literally anything could appear on that screen. Yeah. <laughs> the next bit could be, like, claymation. The next bit could be, like, Wallace and Gromit turn up and it's, like, the samurai swords and it's all, like, clay for, like, a little bit. Yeah. He tries out different stuff. But it's not like art house cinema somehow. Mm. Like, you know, because I associate that feeling with watching like a very edgy film mm. that's been made by some unknown French director yeah. and mm. it's in a foreign language kind of thing. Mm. And it's kind of refreshing to see that in an action movie. Because mm. mm. he's kind yeah. of mixing together a bunch of different styles. Like, he's mm. got the manga, he's got the action y thing. This isn't really a spoiler, but in Kill Bill 2, it's more cowboy-themed. Well, Kill Bill 1, he wanted to base on, like, traditional, like, Eastern revenge films, and Kill Bill 2 is more based on, like, Western revenge films in terms of its style. Mm. Even though it's based on Eastern revenge films, you still have kind of the American thing running through it. Mm. Like, Oren is the mixture of Japanese, Chinese, and American. Yeah. That's, like, a big thing. The band mm. in the bar at the end, they're playing Western songs, but in Japanese. Mm. Like, it's all kind of mixed together there's lots of like me- mixing of cultures and stuff mm. I as really little, like that as a little off cut as well I thought it was really funny how he addressed like the whole cycle of revenge thing a little bit at the mm. beginning of the film because mm. we just played The Last of Us 2 mm. which is literally all about that you know I feel like it's all about characters seeking revenge and then un- like you know unknowingly triggering a- yeah. another character to try and seek yeah. revenge on them back mm. and when she kills that first person in the first scene mm. the daughter walks in and she's mm. saying I didn't mean to do this in front of you Sorry, if you still feel bad about yeah. it, you can come and try and kill me later. Yeah. Like, I like yeah. that. I like that she's not that she doesn't try and silence her killer. It's like you know, fair enough. Like yeah, you, know, no, you, 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 you are you know, in the same way as me, you are, you know, you get you're allowed to have this revenge. Yeah, it's you know, very self aware. There's a lot of revenge it. films that just glamorize revenge in a weird way, mm. and then at the end are like, oh, but actually, revenge is not mm. really what this Kids is all don't about. Do this you know? <laughs> And then, you know, like to see a film where actually, you know, it acknowledges the character's flaw straight off the bat mm. and says, you know, well, this person's probably going to die because mm. of someone they piss off along the way. Well, apparently, um, it's just rumours that Kill Bill 3, which Tarantino's worked on for a bit, might follow the story of that daughter and kind of her revenge. Well, I don't know if oh, that dude, would be good or not. What a call but... that would be if I like picked up on that and then that was what <laughs> that Kill Bill 3 was all about. <laughs> he might hire you to kind of like be his like script supervisor. I could be the new Mark Commode if that yeah. happens. <laughs> But I do. I really love the framing in that scene because, like, there's that bit where the the two of them kind of facing up with knives and they kind of they're about to kind of like you know deliver a killing blow and then that school bus just comes on in mm-hmm. the background. Mm-hmm. And same with when she's just killed uh, Vanessa Green, she kind of pulls out the knife and stands up, and then the daughter's just like in frame right behind her. There's some really nice like little bits like that. Mm-hmm. But when he doesn't need to move the camera, he doesn't. It's just you know it's all there on screen ready for you. Yeah, yeah. particularly I feel like the, he really fleshed out that character, mm-hmm. the mum. Because it was all the sorts of little things. Like, I felt like I was in the brain of an attacker mm. when she was pouring that cereal. And I was mm. like, wait a minute, 
who pours cereal in the afternoon? Yeah. The kids just come home from school. Mm. Kids don't eat cereal at this time. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, and breakfast and then I saw the cereal was called like Kabooms or something. Oh, really? Oh. And I was like, right, that's it. She's got a gun in there. You know, and it was so gratifying mm. to feel like my instincts were yeah. aligned. Because it's like... It's, I would have fallen for that. I think that I would have just, you know, I wouldn't... I would have let my eyes <laughs> down. I think, okay, we're having that cereal now. It's an Fight adrenaline pumping scene, isn't mm. it? Like, you know, you feel like you're on edge. Yeah. That whole coffee thing is... Mm. You know, it doesn't feel safe at all. Yeah, because party believes where they're like, oh, okay, let's meet uh, you know, this evening at this baseball stadium or whatever. And the party thinks, oh, okay, okay so it's going to go on a bit now. And then suddenly it goes, you know, bang, like, oh, Jesus. I mean, I'd seen it before. And when she said that bit about the baseball stadium, I was like, oh, I don't remember that scene. <laughs> oh, I'm quite looking forward to that. <laughs> 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 and then she tries to shoot and she throws them over. I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I don't remember it. Yeah, got tricked. <laughs> <laughs> The th- one thing I like about this film is, like you were saying about The Last of Us 2, where some stuff is like, you know, oh, it's a bit ambiguous, should this person be getting revenge, is it right? Mm. In this, like, the worst possible things you could do to a human are kind of done to Uma Thurman, basically. Like, <laughs> on a wedding day, her family's shot, her friends are all killed, her husband-to-be is killed, she's shot in the head, she, she loses, loses her, her baby. Yeah. All these times of being in a coma, she's had pretty grim stuff happen to her. Mm. She wakes up and you think, yeah, get, to be fair, get revenge. I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to be like, you know, I'd, I'd probably want revenge as well, I think. I like the sort of Assassin's Creed thing as well. Like, the literal yeah. Assassin's Creed, not the game. The, yeah. But of like, <laughs> when Elle goes in to try and to kill her in her sleep and mm. then Bill phones her up and it's like, no, we can't do this. Mm. She deserves a better death than that. Mm. Obviously, it's convenient for the plot that they don't just kill her in her yeah. sleep. And they lucky. kind of address that. But yeah. it's nice that there's a bit of respect there. Of, yeah. If you're going to seek revenge or if you have that right and it's the same as the daughter, you know, mm. like, she has almost the prerogative to go and try and get her own back, even though it's so much more advantageous to Bill to just kill her there. Yeah, I like that. Especially with, like, because at the beginning, you know, they're fighting, but then when the daughter arrives, you know, it's kind of implicit. They're like, okay, let's stop fighting now. Because there is respect there. If there wasn't any respect there, it'd be like, no, I'll just kill you in front of your daughter. Mm. And same with Oren, when she kind of, like, she makes fun of her, saying, like, oh, you know, silly little white girl. Playing the samurai sword, and she cuts and she goes, Oh, actually, you know, I'm sorry about that. Oh, I love that bit. She's like, oh, that was a bit harsh, actually. Mm. I'm sorry for ridiculing you. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of momentum. Like, that's mm. the thing about revenge movies. It's why a lot of Quentin Tarantino's stuff is based around revenge. Mm. And, like, the reason his long films don't feel long, I think, is because it's so clear what the motivation is, where you're going, how you're going to get there, and then really, like, how you're going to get there keeps changing. Mm. But every time you, like, every time it changes, it's really clearly explained to you what the new scenario is. Mm. And, uh, you know, like, it's just great, it's just great filmmaking. Mm. You know, you can't complain. I think it's just fun filmmaking. It's snappy because, like, it moves fairly quickly. And also, because he moves styles around, like, sometimes there'll be a scene where there's, like, a black line in the middle of the screen that's two different shots happening at the same time. And then it'll move into a song and then it's suddenly anime. And then I there's suddenly actually, a, a okay, huge wait, long that, shot from that like above. That for me is an issue. I don't like the whole two shots thing in one frame. Mm. I often feel like that is too obvious a choice to make. It's like if you're a filmmaker and you want to show two things, I'd much rather you cut between the two things speedily mm. in a weird way. Like a, that's just a personal preference thing. But every time people do that, I'm like, why? <laughs> like, why not just show me both things one after another <laughs> And just like, <laughs> keep it linear, please. Mm. You know, there's like, uh, yeah, I'm not arguing whether or not that bit's good, but I like that the fact that I don't, know, you, I you don't like know what's coming next because not just from in the story, yeah. but you don't know, like, you know, is it going to be like a nice long shot of like above, like kind of showing like the floor plan of the place, or mm. is it going to be that? Is it going to be like it never? Where some films, especially when you've seen it a few times and you know kind of the plot beats, you're like, okay, the next ten minutes is this, and the ten minutes after that is this. Mm. I don't think you feel that with any of these films because it's 
it's just so snappy and it changes so quickly. Mm. I had another question as well I wanted to ask you guys but that I was thinking when I was watching it. Mm. Do you think this is a feminist film or not? Because I can't decide. I think this is one of those glorious moments where the film wasn't made with a point of view on feminism. In mm. like, It's got a female protagonist mm. and I think a lot of films that have female protagonists someone says oh this is a feminist film and mm. this piece represents this and this mm. but I love the fact that it almost doesn't make a presumption yeah. that you would expect it to make mm. a statement on feminism yeah. Yeah. I think it's the same as if you watch an action movie with a guy as the main character it's not like a, a manist film it's not like oh it's all about yeah. male power it's just it's just a film and this is like that it's not like you say not, I don't think it represents yeah. this it's not like she's a good person but mm. she's not like a bad person really. yeah. mm. they're not trying to make her an angel mm. and they're not trying to make her someone to look up to kind of mm. thing yeah I guess the reason I was thinking about it was because it has the whole motherhood thing. But but it's like a weird perspective on motherhood because they're mm. assassins. Mm. But then yeah. Bill is also kind of controlling all the women, so mm. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think it's what a feminist would want in a feminist film. No. <laughs> yeah, not traditional, yeah. But I think it's like, I like that she doesn't act in kind of a sort of traditional masculine action hero way. Like there's no like kind of, she doesn't really give any speeches. She doesn't really bang her chest and kind of like, you know, she's just mm. kind of like... Because mm. in the wild, like, I remember like once we were, like, I got chased by some cows because I, I accidentally got between like a, <laughs> a cow and like her calf. And I was walking in the woods and like... Where is this going? <laughs> yeah, and this links to feminism. And it pulled out the summary sort. No, yeah. but I'm just saying like, you know, like I, I accidentally between, like, between this mother cow and her like calf and then it just looked at me and just, just sprinted straight at me. Like it didn't like, you know, sort of like, you know, growling or like shouting or whatever. It just went straight at me. Mm. And, you know, she, I think, feel like, you know, she's just kind of like that. You know, there's no mucking about. There's no, like, <laughs> rage and anger. <laughs> and the cow was feminism. The cow represented, yeah. So symbolic. No, I'm, well, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think that's the difference between kind of masculine aggression and feminine aggression. I feel like feminine aggression is more to the point. There's no kind of beaten chest. It's just, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're threatening me. I'm going to take you down. Yeah, like, there's something quite nice. It's just, I don't think it makes sense mm. to, to label it with a point of view on feminism mm. is because he's read a lot of comic books and mm. he just loves like you know yeah. women wearing skin tight jumpsuits <laughs> yeah. he said himself as well that like, he just wanted like little girls to have like a hero to look up to like mm. you know you can just you know you can think okay you know I want to be like that you know I want to be like yeah, that especially because her jumpsuit it's not mm. Like, obviously it's tight, but it's not very revealing. It's not like L Driver's nurse outfit, which is pretty <laughs> porny. She's not wearing, like, bra and, like, pants and stuff. Like you know, I think there are feminist films that oh. people would claim to be, like, a statement in feminism that mm. are much worse at, ma- you know, at making their point than this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I just love it. Yeah. I like, think it's the right way to go about it in a weird yeah. way. Yeah, I think it's kind of sometimes better not to try and address these big points especially with a film like this because it's just you know it's an action film and it shouldn't I don't think it should be read as too much more than that I suppose maybe the the greatest feminist point you could bring out of it is that she's treated with the same kind of like respect and as equals as the male assassins mm. that but then there is that kind of that weird thing with Bill like where he like brings up L Driver just before she kills the bride and he's like oh and she's like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. Yeah. He does seem to have this weird kind of like. Control well, like with Sophie at the end when he's like touching her. Face. Yeah, there is a bit oh. of this kind of weird. But then he's the villain. Mm. Like he's kind of yeah. got to have some kind of weird thing, doesn't he? Mm. It it's is like, a little bit. In a world where we're remaking Mulan and like you know these feminist statement films kind of thing, it's kind of refreshing to see that even back when Kill Bill was made, mm. that film 
does it right in my mm. opinion it's not like the whole film is in mm. a feminist point yeah. and it's not trying to be mm. I think the film would be ruined if there was a bit where she was fighting a man and she was like you know that she said yeah. some cheesy line that's where, the way to do it yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like oh you know blah, blah, blah. you know he's like oh no man can kill me and goes oh well, I'm not a man yeah. <laughs> never seen a woman oh, to do a man's man. job or something oh. just something like that <laughs> yeah. or she like her and some other woman beat up some people and they go oh yeah sisters and they high five I think that would mm. probably make me vomit a little bit so. Yeah, with the exception of Bill's weird, like, sexual <laughs> sort of vibe, yeah. it's pretty, like, gender-blind casting. Yeah. Bill is the sort of guy, you know, you'd be in the club and he'd sort of come up behind, like, one of your friends and start, like, <laughs> pinching him on the bum, I think. Yeah. yeah. Bill's got that predator vibe. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. yeah, well, if you say no, then he gets out of his Hanzo swords. Exactly, so. yeah, you can't really... Okay, ratings. I think... It's a great film... I know. Uh, Ooh, I don't. I don't really like, want to spoil my. Like, but it's coming. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Well, I don't want to spoil my review of Kill Bill Volume Two, but that for me is a ten out of ten, and this one is slightly below that. So I think just because of that, it, this is a nine out of ten for me. Mm. Hannah, your rating, please. Maybe. Maybe an eight and a half. Because for me, my favorite Tarantino film is definitely Inglorious Bastards. Mm. Like, no doubt about it. That for me is a ten. Mm. When we watched it again recently, I was like, yeah, it's still a ten. Mm. So I think this one is an eight and a half, and I don't like Volume Two as much as this one. So mm. that one's That's probably an eight or a seven. I can't really remember. Okay. Ooh. What are you going for? It's tough to say. I'm going to say that because I want to give Tarantino some room to to you know to improve. Yeah. <laughs> You don't, you don't want to set a 10, because then if you get another 10, you've got to move this It's thing. a shame, because I think if I if this was the first Tarantino film I'd watched, I would give this like a 9.5 to mm. a 10 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But then, mm, I feel, now that I've seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which is my mm. favourite, uh, like, kind of era of Tarantino, where he lets characters talk a shitload and stuff, and Inglorious Bastards as well, Mm. and Django I feel like those are all superior mm. in almost every way so I'm going to have to say this is like an 8 okay even though I really loved it this mm. is like nowhere near his best mm. well I think that's an accurate summary of that film yeah I think we yeah. smashed it <laughs> uh, this week our sponsor is Walker's is, Crisps um... is Walker's Crisps oh my god <laughs> only the salt and vinegar flavour yeah. <laughs> I think there's probably been quite a lot of tea noises maybe it should be like PG tips or maybe something. well we can't have too many otherwise they'll start we kind of pulling out like a, we need some kind of sound studio where the mugs don't like clatter when we put them down I, weirdly I quite like it when I listen to a podcast and you can hear them drinking tea and like Mm, I think that, then I think that list... might just be a thing that you enjoy. <laughs> I don't know. I well, like now our like listeners in, have to enjoy it. I like feeling that I'm in the room. I don't like to know. force that upon us. I, I don't like there to be that barrier, that fourth wall, you know. I like it to be kind of an immersive experience. Okay, I'm just going to shut this down now. Okay, I think um, okay. well, <laughs> we've gone on and on. So now. next week we're doing Bad Education, but not the Jack Whitehall weird comedy thing, the Hugh Jackman one. Yeah, the one that came out this year, and it's on Now TV. If you want to stream it, mm. I'm very excited about this one. I think yeah, I've got high hopes, which maybe is what Hugh Jackman bad. is just hot. So <laughs> <laughs> that's an instant. Yeah, it's going to get at least four out of ten, I think, for me. Even exactly. if it's rubbish, just for his coming from yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> 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 surely I should be the one saying that. Kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, we can't give too many spoilers for next mm. week's episode. <laughs> but yeah, go go watch that. Go watch. Yeah. Bad okay. Not next the... week is bad education, not the Jack Whitehall one. The Hugh Jackman well one. If you want it's pretty good <laughs> thanks for listening guys speak to you soon bye 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 shut up